first, try Mark, ask us anything, because it is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, which I used to kind of, <laughs> I used to just kind of laugh at, like, oh, it's stupid, I'm not doing this. But it gets bigger and bigger every year. Like, everybody does something for it uh, for at least the past few years. And then I started to realize, like, it's actually worthwhile uh, to do it. And so I figure for us, let's just let's just hit it full speed this month. We have a ton of blogs coming out. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of live stuff. I'm going to be doing this kind of thing live from Wild West Hacking Fest next uh, week with Sean and I. Jake is going to be remote because uh, he doesn't care about us or he doesn't uh, doesn't want to hang out with us. Um, actually, it's, it's his broad shoulders can't fit in plain seats anymore. So that's why he doesn't come to conferences with us anymore. Uh, but also, let me get to my let me get to my guests and my coworkers and my friends. I'm really really excited um, because I have got uh, Daryl Baker. Uh, he is in charge of our identity security village. If you've ever seen him um, at uh, we just did one at Blue Team Con. Uh, he's going to do it at Hackers Teaching Hackers. He was at Tech. Re- did Tech happen already? Tech happened already. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tech happened already. Um, and, um, okay. I am. Oh, cool. Hey, Tyler's Tyler's around. I think Tyler's uh, at least watching it. Um, the great Tyler Robinson, by the way, he is off, off camera or in chat or he's doing something, but you know him from the security weekly shows. Uh, we got a bunch of rock stars here. Like, honestly, it's, it's pretty heavy duty. Uh, so we got Daryl, one's the ISV, very cool stuff if you want to ever test your chops for Active Directory. And um, it's really cool how we set it up, right? I'm going to talk about it for just a couple seconds because I think this is really fun. And then I'll introduce the rest of you. Um, so hang tight. Uh, the ISV is our own little, um, like, live range, our own little, C- kind of like a CTF thing, right? We, we've got some things you can find. Um, and he sets up, it's like, you have four workstations. One is, one is your user on the, well, first you got to get in, you got to find the password, which I think is like my favorite part of the whole thing. Uh, cause the way he does it is pretty cool. And then you have, we're not doing Cali, right? We have the Drake OS now, don't we? Yeah, we've got, we've got Drake OS. That's right. Yes. We've got our own, uh, custom Trimark Linux distro. Custom Trimark Linux, Linux distro specifically for hacking uh, Active Directory. We just introduced that at, uh, at Tech, I believe. And there I was just kind of crap posting in Twitter. I'm trying not to curse on the stream. Uh, I was just <laughs> posting uh, in our Teams chat. And I was like, dude, we should totally have our own distro. He's like, I'm on it. And it was like done the next week. I love that. Called uh, Drock OS, Drake OS. Uh, I think it's Drock because I think Draco is the la- is part of the Latin term for uh, for dragon. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna butcher some last names here pretty soon, so I'll butcher the last name of a of a Linux distro while I'm at just to get practice. Um, and then you can do that. And then there's two other workstations that sit there. W- w- what are they for again? Right. Yeah. So you've got uh, Windows domain join machines, and then you've also got the two Linux boxes. So you can come in kind of like a, you know, a, someone with malicious intent or a red teamer, right? And you've got you've got your Linux box, or you can be, you know, somebody that walked past a user who left their workstation um, unlocked, or you can just hack your way into that workstation from scratch as well. So because you have physical access to it. Yeah, it's really cool. And the one guy at uh, at Blue Team Con, it's just like, not only am I going to find your set number of flags, here are a few more. Yeah, <laughs> Which... seventeen out of thirteen. Kind of seventeen out of thirty. It's pretty humbling, <laughs> uh, which I thought was cool. I thought people were really into it. So if you ever see us out 
Uh, I, I know we have some more cons coming up, um, and especially we're planning into next year, so I highly recommend that. It, it was really neat to see. Uh, so that's Daryl. Next is the lovely, the talented, um, just super smart, uh, Christina Murillo. And I was not going to try to roll my R because we talked about that before and that's not happening. Hi, hi, Christina. Hi. Christina. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Thank you for joining. Christina's actually under the weather today, which just shows her dedication to my stupid ideas um, that she comes on the, the stream. I'm super happy. Christina is our service lead for our Microsoft Cloud uh, Security Assessment. I Dude, I've been saying these acronyms for months now, and I just screwed it up. That's awesome. Um, so, Christina... You sir, said it right. Yeah. Well, no, I paused because I was like, what's the S stand for? Um, and uh, uh, so she is our service Only lead. Only security. <laughs> what's that? Yeah. Uh, so for security. <laughs> She is our lead for that. Um, you are a Jersey native, correct? Or Jersey or... or, or uh, I'm a New Yorker. New Yorker. I'm so... I'm oh, my New God. Yorker. That's like the worst insult you can give a New Yorker to assume they're from New Jersey. I, re- I just moved to Jersey. I, 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 like I, a week ago. I but no, I'm not a Jersey native, so you got to, you know... You got to come correct. Listen, New Yorker. Nobody's perfect, right? I'm native New Jersey. New Yorkers are perfect. Oh, my God. <laughs> can we just agree that the East Coast is better than the West Coast? Yes. We can okay. Agree. We can find common ground on that. Uh, so, yes, Christina is amazing. Uh, she is on Twitter at uh, Divine Divine Tech Techie Girl, which, Christina, what I didn't know is that uh, I've watched your uh, your feed for a long time, and I found out by accident the other day that that's who you were, and I was like, oh, my God, that's her? Um, so welcome, Christina. Thank you for joining us. We'll try to make this as painless as possible. Uh, going right down next to you, uh, Jake Hildreth at dot, dot, dot horse, or as I screwed up somebody, like I included somebody who doesn't even work here because they have dot in their name earlier. Uh, Jake is service lead for our, uh, active directory, uh, security assessment or wait. Yeah. Lead your lead, right? No. All right. Well, don't tell Scott I said that. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep it quiet. From Scott. They, they, are, they are the same person, right? We've just I've never that. seen them in the same room at the same time. That's true. Uh, like, so technically, I think we have we have uh, uh, two. Uh, uh, oh, I got see. I like reading chat when I'm when I'm watching streams, but when I'm hosting it, it just throws me off. So I'm I'm not reading it. If anybody sees anything, by all means, let me know. Um, yeah, Jake is great. Jake onboarded me when I came here, and uh, Jake is also a are you, power lifter. No, just regular weightlifter. Like, <laughs> you know, picked up some heavy stuff this morning. That's all. What's your deadlift? Best or what I did this morning? Best. Five ten. Oh, all right. Yeah, you're a power lifter, dude. You're chasing <laughs> me, bro. I like I got five fifty, but then the other day I was squatting two hundred, and I think I have a hernia. Because, you know, that's what happens at 40. Um, and then right next to Jake is uh, the lovely Brandon Colley. Uh, Brandon, you are service. Oh, my God. Why am I flaking? What do you do here again? I, I, I do whatever they ask me to do. And so I don't have an N and an O on my keyboard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude, well, I started as customer success manager and... Now I'm running a uh, scrum, so <laughs> like that happens. Uh, but anyway, welcome everybody. I spent like you know it, it was a worthwhile 15 minutes of talking to my friends here and introducing them. Some of the smartest people that I've ever worked with. Um, 
we uh, we were kind of kicking this idea around about what like how we can utilize you know Twitch and YouTube and things like that. And they had talked about doing like an Ask Me Anytime anything. You guys have all seen Reddit. Uh, Reddit does the AMAs all the time with people. And I was like, why don't we? We're literally the Active Directory experts, and I have I have no qualms saying that out loud. Um, because, uh, like, that's just what we do. So we have a bunch of services. So we do um, Active Directory security assessments. Uh, we do assessments in Azure, uh, virtual assessments, and we have one called our um, Enterprise Security Posture, kind of a purple teamy uh, type thing, uh, which is run by our friend Mike. Uh, Mike couldn't make it today. But I figured, other than all the shilling and things like that, and don't get me wrong, we love to shill, but, like, let's talk actual questions from people, right? Like, maybe... So for me, I was never big into Active Directory. Like, I came from the threat hunting space, but that was all, like, yeah, the logs would come, like, Windows logs and things like that, but, like, dealing with forests and trusts and and all things that come from AD um, is, is was still a little foreign to me. Like, I understand it, but since I'm working with the experts, so if I wanted to ask questions, I would ask Trimark, mostly because I know Sean and... I would track down Sean at every reason, and you know, he's not busy enough as it is. So we're going to get to some questions that everybody had. By the way, people in chat, if you have questions, put them in the chat. I probably won't see them. Somebody will have to tell me about them, and then we will talk about them. So let me bring up my little notepad-y thing here. Where is my – I use Windows, but I'm still on Sublime Text because I love Sublime Text. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Let's see. Let's go – ah, let's start off with – um, you know what? Let's start with origin stories. I like this. We we have some technical questions. We have qu- questions about AD configurations, group policies, uh, something about domain admins in here. But I would love this is good. This comes from Tech Spence on Twitter, and I I love hearing like how people got into it. Tech Spence asked, "Would love to hear origin stories. What made you dive deep into AD? Are you a glutton for punishment like me, or do you have some other motivation?" Um, and I'm going to throw this to Christina first. Christina, why? So <clears throat> back in the old times, BC times, um, so I've been in, in tech for like over 25 years now, and I actually started as a sysadmin. Um, actually, going further back, I started on help desk uh, while I was in, in, in uh, my undergrad. And <clears throat> and back then, I learned like, you know, DOS 3.1, you know, that was like Windows 95 days, actually Windows 3.1 and then Windows 95, uh, Windows 2000 server. Like I I was just diving deep into everything sysadmin, everything network admin, um, everything. I even learned Novell. Uh, so I learned Novell Ooh. first and then I moved into um, Active Directory, which funny enough, learning Novell first made it very simple for me to learn Active Directory. <laughs> so um, I just fell in love with it. And, you know, because I was a sysadmin, I had to kind of dive in deep every day. Um, I got the opportunity to work across different enterprise companies, you know, over the over the years. Um, and then, you know, it came a time where I switched into security, focusing more on identity and access management. And it was thanks to my experience with Active Directory uh, that I was able to make that switch. Um, which then led me, you know, to the cloud. So I don't look at Active Directory as much anymore or at all. Thank goodness gracious, I don't want to. Uh, but I do look at Azure Active Directory, which is not the same. But if you understand foundational concepts, 
you understand kind of like the differences and where they're going with it. So yeah, I'm not a glutton for punishment. Well, maybe. I think if you've done sysadmin, you are a glutton for punishment. So so, so now I'm going to ask a follow-up question. As relatively new to, to AD, why, so why is Azure AD not the same as regular AD? I didn't know that. Oh, so it's it's really not. I mean, it's more Azure Active Directory is more of a, um, it's an all-in-one identity and access management solution, but it's all cloud-based where Active Directory is more on-prem or it's actually an on-prem and it's pretty legacy, right? Uh, I think the, uh, Microsoft doesn't like when folks say um, <laughs> that it's the same. It, there's like a, a a big list of like, not pros and cons, but like what makes it different honestly. Um, but to be honest with you, they're adding a lot of features very similar to the on-prem Active Directory, which it's, it's starting to look more the same, but it's it's not. It's, it's two different systems. Um, I just think it was a naming thing. They named it Azure Active Directory because they couldn't come up with a better name. They probably should have named it something different uh, because it's not a it's not a clone in the cloud of Active Directory. So, yeah, yeah because we never have problems naming things in this industry. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. And so, yeah. I mean, there are so but, many different products named the same thing. It's like nobody checks with each other. or Exactly. They, yeah. uh, all right. Let's thank you, Christina. Uh, I'm going to move on to, in no particular order, Brandon. Um, what was the original question again? I'm, I'm losing my track already. Uh, yeah, origin story. Origin. What made you want to dive deep into the work that we do here at Trimark? So I am um, very similar to Christina, really. I actually also have Novell experience, which I know you, you've got too, Danny. Network so. 5 certified. Yeah. And it doesn't run out. It's not expired. I got that in <laughs> 2003, I think, 2003, 2004. It's still on his wall, too. It's hung up. It is. No. It, so right next yeah, to my picture with me and Kevin Mitnick. <laughs> so, yeah, help desk to sysadmin. Uh, and then Jake rescued me from from system admin and brought me on board here. And, um, you know, I thought about this beforehand. And it's kind of funny that six months ago, I didn't really, I mean, I was a sysadmin and I didn't know about uh, Kerberos delegation. I didn't really know about um, the ins and outs of read-only domain, control, read domain controllers. I didn't know what a DC shadow attack was. So it's kind of cool to come and understand from the operations perspective and start to learn some of that security stuff. And then you draw really quick lines. And that's, I think, why, like Danny said, that we're considered the experts in Active Directory is because we understand Active Directory and we understand the attacking as well. So we know how to attack, know how to defend. But that's basically where I come from. Yeah, I found here, I have a whole new appreciation for like the operations department or thing because I, I think a lot of what we do is we we tie that security with operations experience like it's cool you get to dig in it, it's the reason why i like things like twitch and wherever like hackers tend to congregate is you can you can have a thing you want to learn and then it's like you have all the experts are right there like every single breach that happens every every a new tool that comes out you either have the actual author that you can reach out to, or you have all these really amazing people that you can just ask DMs of and be like, "Oh, well, can you can you tell me more about that thing?" Like, I think that's I think that's amazing. Um, well, cool. Thank you, uh, Brandon. Uh, Daryl. Origin story, my brother. 
Uh, yeah, so I was in the military uh, doing a lot of combat arms stuff. And uh, second tour in Iraq, I had a buddy of mine that was getting out. And uh, he was studying for CCNA. And so I was like, all right, I like computers. So we started kind of reading around on it. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is how the internet works. So I got really, uh, really hyped up on that. Um, so I was in the military for like 12 years, got out. I've done just about every position except for database uh, administrator. So I've worked at Best Buy, Geek Squad, all the way to, to managing a data, um, a data center for a university. Um, so I was actually watching a security webcast about Active Directory because I was trying to just secure some things in my own environment uh, when I saw a job opening get listed in LinkedIn. Uh, it was a small French company, but they're just looking for somebody who knew Active Directory pretty well. Uh, the guy who ran the webcast is the one who was talking about this this job position. So I sent him over my resume, and uh, it was really cool. I got an opportunity to see some really new ways to ingest data out of Active Directory without using administrative accounts and uh, just just some really interesting things uh, with that company. So that company gets acquired. We're, we're part of this really big company and that kind of a thing. And uh, I, w I had created this village uh, to where it's in an automated fashion, I had the simulated red team that was act that was attacking Active Directory in real time. And then on the blue side, uh, it was defending itself, uh, sending ATA alerts and sending alerts to Splunk. And you could watch it in real time uh, and through our management tools. It was, it was pretty cool. Uh, so during that, uh, the infamous Sean Metcalf walked up to uh, walked up to my station and starts asking me questions, you know, as if he doesn't know the answers already. And I'm, I'm like, I know your face, you know, who are you? And, you know, the rest is, the rest is kind of history. But yeah, for the last uh, almost three years now, I have specialized primarily on Active Directory security. Yeah, Sean is, uh, Sean's a spec. I forget how I, and Sean's on vacation today or else he would be on the stream too. Of course, we all know it's at Pyrotech, um, AD Security, right? It's adsecurity.org is his website that generations now of like security people. I grew up, like when I grew up, like I've been in security for like 10, 12 years now, but that's one of the first websites that I got to. And you get to know him and he's just like this super like comforting presence around conferences and you could talk to him for hours and no matter how many people you see at a booth or whatever if he knows you want his attention he will give you his attention like he's a like really great guy um and he attracts yeah. like-minded people like i have there's not a single person that i have a complaint about <laughs> except if um but uh yeah so that was <laughs> He's Danny, the... you know it's funny. So uh, when I'm working for this French company, right, we've got this proprietary. Uh, it's more of a framework than a piece of software, but we have this proprietary framework, and you know it'll assess your environment, it'll show you things that are, that are you know wrong, and what you could do to fix it. But on almost every remediation tab, there was like, for more information, go to adsecurity.org, <laughs> and like we just had links. Fantastic. I'm... Yeah, I I have to like wrestle content away from Sean now, but like we need it for the website. He's like, oh, it is on the website, not that one, Sean. I, I I just love him so much. Um, speaking of loving people unconditionally, hi Jake. What's your origin story? Make sure you're not muted. I'm not muted now. Uh, you well, you're super <laughs> like your mic is so good that even when you're not muted, I see, I think you're going to be muted. I'm actually a fan of that. Uh, Interesting. Origin story, you beast of a man. Uh, so I was the dude who was like, uh, you know, helping people with their computers in my college dorm and uh, then left that and uh, moved on to help desk. Was it 21 years ago now for uh, 
what was it at the time? At home cable modem, which became Excite at home cable modems, which became AT&T, which became Comcast, <laughs> like in, in all in the span of like two years. Um, left that job to join a super small consultancy doing security focused consulting, which meant like we built terrible IP tables, firewalls and uh, installed uh, old fashioned uh, AV. And we're like, yeah, that's security, right? <laughs> um, and then I got the majority of my, my experience, um, worked in a local government in Northwest Ohio for 16 years. And I was just, I was the guy. So I had to know everything. And, uh, I started looking at AD about halfway through my, my tenure there. And I was like, what does this do? And what does this do? And why did the previous guy do this thing? And ended up like basically rebuilding the entire thing from scratch. Um, and so that's where I got all my knowledge. And then about a year and a half ago, uh, saw Sean post something about, hey, if you're in ops and you want to get out and move into security, come come get at me. I'd just taken a CISSP like uh, practice test and I got like a 73% on the practice test. So I was like, maybe I know this security stuff. Let me go talk to him. And the rest is history. So. Yeah, that brings me to today. Yeah, I what uh, so I I I did, um, and I'm not the guests here. I'm the host, but I'm going to answer the question anyway. Is that and actually this is going to be part of. So I'm I'm giving a talk at uh, Whopper Summit in Philly uh, next week. No, in a couple weeks, and part of it is transitioning from a hands-on keyboard threat hunting position for a decade into more of like the operational customer success um you know evangelism type stuff and i one of the stories that i'm that i'm going to tell there is i did regular purpose it for 10 years before i even thought about security ever ever saw a packet um and i did a help desk for now it's santander bank but back then it was like sovereign bank or something yeah sovereign bank out here in pa and um, people always ask, like, hey, how'd you get into streaming? And, like, you give talks and you do all these things. I used to have the worst stutter known to man. I could not have a conversation like this. Like, every single word. I, I used to go to a Catholic school, and um, rather than help me through it, they would say, spit it out, or they'd get the yardstick, right, and just smack you in the back of the head with it. Um, so I never said a word because that's what you do when people smack you with yardsticks. You, do the, you don't do the thing that are they're making you do. And I was on a help desk. And I actually, it, I was an internship. It was a paid internship. And I quit because I was stuttering on the phone. And I just remember I was super young. I was like barely 20. And I had to walk into the lady's office and say, I, I quit. Yeah, I can't do. I thought my career in tech was over because I, because I couldn't speak. Um, so yeah, I did the whole, that's big ups to like help desk people and people who have to answer call center things all day. Like that's a pain that I never want <laughs> ever again. Um, but yeah, so then that's my, my very short origin story. We have a lot more stuff to get to. This is not about me for once. Um, Danny does, uh, you know what, Brandon, I'm not answering that question. I'm not, I, I saw the chat Brandon and I'm not touching it. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Not one of you came on drinking, uh, uh, uh the drink that should not be named. Good spice latte. Um, what other, let's see, questions. We're going to get to questions. Uh, Beto, I see you in the chat. I know you had a question here. So we're going to dive into, like, some technical stuff because why else are we here except for me to make fun of Jake? Beto on security asks a uh, question about group policy. This is up for anybody here who wants to answer it. 
Uh, is there a good way to quickly get ahead when unraveling a spaghetti mess of GPOs? I get very bogged down when I try to get my bearings. I'm looking for ways to shave some time off of the process. I'd say welcome to the club, man, right? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that, That's the familiar tale of Active Directory. You usually inherit somebody else's mess. Yeah, there's so many hands in GPO because it lasts through iterations of administrators. So I think we commonly see you know, hundreds of GPOs in a lot of the assessments that we do. And so one of the things that that I've done or learned how to do, I'll say actually from from this position that I did not really understand back when I was in the sysadmin role, the ability to export those as HTML and then search them is incredibly helpful if you're trying to figure out what all group policies do X or whatever, you can set that up and you can search all of the policies to determine all that stuff. And then I'm um, sure that you know about the modeling. So the modeling wizard or whatever it's called now that you can find out what the resultant policies are for any given OU or user or uh, computer. And then the other thing that before I'll let Jake and, and Daryl talk or, and Christina, um, so things to avoid when setting it up or to fix, I guess I would say, are, in my opinion anyway, would be avoiding the loopback. So GPO loopback, stopping denies on policies, and then inheritance. So if you can prevent inheritance or limit inheritance, that makes understanding GPOs a lot easier. And then um, also limiting where you have enforcement too, because all that can get, that like adds extra spaghetti on top of the spaghetti when you think you understand it, but then you understand that it's, oh no, it was blocked or whatever. So. Cool. Anybody else want to weigh in on that one? Yeah. I mean, to, just to kind of add on to you from the inheritance piece that Brandon was saying is, uh, you know, if, if you've got a bunch of policies that you, that, that you have to go through, um, I mean, we don't all have all the time in the world, right? So you can't just go through every object more than likely. But I, I think one way that works for me is to start at, at your top level of the tree, right? Look at look at all your top level uh, GPOs because they're, they're going to be the ones uh, that are applying to more things. And then work your way down into more nested OUs um, for some of those more nested GPOs. That was that was my suggestion is, yeah, start big, work small. Um, and, and try to make your GPOs... <laughs> As boring as possible, I guess is kind of what Brandon was getting at. You know, no no inheritance, no blocking, no you know, just minimize the weirdness, and that really helps. That's actually that's actually a great point too. Is like, you know, you create GPO uh, policy objects because they have a very specific outcome, right? There's something that you're trying to do, and so if you're trying to do 50 different things, I'm not saying create 50 different GPOs, but you definitely don't want to put a million settings inside of one GPO. You'll never be able to to, to follow the changes if you have to make or, or, or you know figure something out or troubleshoot it. It's it's going to be a nightmare. So create GPOs uh, intentionally uh, and use an individual GPO for you know an an, an individual outcome. That's that's such a, a hard line to walk though because like how specific do you go and uh, yeah, never really came across a good best practice to to follow that. It's kind of uh, I was going to say the exact, yeah. exact same yeah. thing is you can either have like one GPO that applies to one OU that's just full of everything, or you can cross link 
GPOs that perform similar things, like both are bad. Like so, it's a lose lose. But don't cross. Which is why, GPOs. which is why your AD does not have GPOs, right, Christina? <laughs> yeah, Azure AD doesn't have GPOs, but if you you can use um, Azure AD in combination with like MDM, like Intune, to create similar. But the concept of GPOs is not really a thing in the cloud. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> is is there any way to like completely untangle like like have you ever went in and said this is so bad that we just we really got to start burning down like is there a way to do that without screwing everything up well yeah but first you have to you have to figure out what you have and like i think that's when you you start big right and then you start making more specific policies and you can start removing some of the ones that are in place or, or modifying them, you know, whatever that is. I, that reminded me of a horror story of when I was administering and trying to figure out and unravel it. I printed every single GPO that was applied to some of these sub OUs uh, just so I could read them on paper and highlight and make notes on them. And that actually worked for me, but it was a pain in the butt. Then I had like a book of paper that was GPO paper. <laughs> um, cool. I don't, I'm glad I don't have to mess with it. Like, I, 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 I think I was an admin, I was an admin one time in my, in my IT career. Cause I was like one of the only ones. And we, it, it was a company that sold multifunction copiers before, like they really got their stuff together. And, um, you had to like you had to install a you had to you had to install the, the the like the agent on each workstation and there was a software on the server and each station each agent had like domain admin privileges and to that's the only way you could get it to work and um then they they fired me after well they didn't fire me I gave my two weeks and they just locked me out after that because they couldn't do any more damage um. I was working on a server one day and it was Windows it, it was Windows 2000 server it was at Service Pack 3 and no no it was, it was at SP2 and I was like oh well SP4 is out I'll just go ahead and update it and I think they were down for about three and a half weeks because uh, apparently you just don't jump Service Packs like that and everything resided there and it blue screened and it fell over and um, I wasn't long for that world after there. So um, that doesn't that has less to do with group policy and uh, more in how I'm not cut out to be an administrator, uh, apparently. Uh, on to the next question that we have. Let's go. Is there another GPO here? Blah, 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 blah. No, let's go from at Autobahn. I think a good topic would be quick configuration wins in AD security that often get missed slash aren't set up out of the box. We just had a webcast on this, and we did. Uh, our, our good friend Jim what, wrote 29 pages, uh, you know, detailing this. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure you check it out. Yes, we have the we have the white paper up on trimarksecurity.com. Uh, just going to resources and posts. Uh, but you got any off the top of your head that we can talk about right now? I just linked it in chat too. Um, yeah, and it's more than ten in there too. I think it's like title ten, but yes, yeah, we said ten, and he's like, he's like, you're not the boss of me. I'm going to do forty. <laughs> so uh, I'd say, I'd say, you know, off the bat, you know, two two configurations you probably want to make, you know, 
you definitely nowadays is uh, you want to enable protocol signing and uh, you want to limit the uh, machine account quota to zero where possible. Um, so those are those are two big um, two, two big changes that you definitely want to make in your environment. Um, when those are not in place, there's a whole plethora of um, relay attacks and escalation of privileges and, and things that that have to do with those settings. So. Yeah, I, I'm I'm speaking about this in uh, a couple of weeks at HTH. So the protected users group, just go go for it right now. Throw throw all your admin users in there, uh, one by one, test. But yeah, uh, that's the one for me. Uh, limit unconstrained delegation anywhere possible. Um, so delegation is something that you're not going to be able to get away from in most environments in most environments uh but if you do have to use delegation you want to make sure that it's constrained yeah and basically what that means is is instead of just giving something full keys to the kingdom impersonate any user in your environment to any uh service you can limit uh both the protocol that they use and what services uh that they have those impersonation rights on it so that's another one of those settings that's easy to overlook so if it used to be a SQL server and got decommissioned or or whatever, but the object's still there, whatever your reasoning, some of that stuff can get left behind. Um, and even even if it's not used anymore, or if people thought that they needed unconstrained delegation. Uh, so I think in the white paper, Jim identifies that if the, the object does not have an SPN on it, then it literally cannot be performing delegation. Is that right, Daryl? Kind of, for the, okay. for the most part. For the most part, there's there's ways to like impersonate another object and then impersonate another object. So you can technically you can technically use like an S for you uh, ticket and not necessarily need an SPN on your own. But generally speaking, you would need an SPN because the SPN is identifying the fact that you're a service. I mean, if you don't have an SPN, you don't have a service. A service ticket can't be requested on your behalf. So like, what are you delegating for? You know. Um, I think another one that's super easy is the print spooler. So disable the print spooler, especially on domain controllers. If your domain controller is a print server, then don't do that. <laughs> uh, I actually had a conversation with an old coworker of mine too about, about this. Uh, he was having trouble with mitigating the print nightmare and, and all the other nightmarish print vulnerabilities out there. And I think he's ended up going to just like a IP-based cloud printing solution, and just so he can just disable it across the enterprise. But I'd say, yeah, disable it on your DCs immediately is a easy, super quick win. My uh, my uh, one buddy in the chat who is also doing uh, modding for us in the chat. Thank you, Fava. I appreciate that. Uh, he said, "Don't do that." Is just good general advice. <laughs> like, how about you don't just? How about not touching it? How about not? How about not clicking save on that configuration? Like, look, you can look at it, but no. How about no? How about not giving everybody the rights to do that? I speak as somebody who's given a lot of rights to mess with Trimark social media. Um, I actually messed up one. Thank you. By the way, speaking of which, don't do that or don't touch that. Uh, I already messed up once on the Trimark social media that Jake caught me yesterday. I Luckily, it wasn't like my usual, my personal feed is, <laughs> no, but it wasn't anything that you would normally see on that feed, which has been removed from at least three sock feeds that I know of. Um, Jake, called, it, it was a message about a, a couple getting eaten by a crocodile. And Jake's like, did you mean, 
did you mean to tweet that out from Trivark? And I was like, it's good. It's a good FYI. Don't hike alone in the outback. Be aware of your surroundings. The crocodile, crocodile awareness month. Crocodile awareness month. You can use the same acronym CAM. Could be either or. We 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 can do dual threaded on October. Um, uh, so from uh, so from advice on crocodiles, we're gonna go into. Jay- oh wait, Danny, Danny, I got one more. Uh, so, so Jake brought up protected users group. It's a really cool security feature. Not a lot of people are using another one is a fine grain password policies. So that'll, that'll allow you to have, uh, different password policies for different, uh, security groups or OU. So if you've got standard users, you can hold them to one, uh, password policy. And then if you've got privileged users or a user of a different sort, uh, you can have them with a different password policy. So very useful. Yeah. Hey, let's, let's put Christina on the spot too. So Azure AD quick win. This is going to be like a future article, I think, where we're going to do 10 of them, too. So what's your what's your best one, Christina? Oof, yeah, there are a couple. So there are some, uh, like, default conditional access policies. So if you don't have any uh, conditional access policies uh, configured in your tenant, you can just tick those on uh, by default. If you need a little bit more complexity, you can create them, although they can get pretty gnarly pretty quickly. But some of them include um, enabling uh, or requiring M- enforcing MFA for all of your users, um, and especially enforcing M- MFA for your admin accounts. Um, something that I notice often is that uh, folks should be using on Microsoft uh, .com accounts for their admin accounts and not like, you know, trimarksecurity.com, right? There sh- it should be the internal tenant, which is a non-rotable tenant. Um, another thing that I noticed that people can do quickly is that they can secure their privileged accounts. So any account that has a privileged role, like a global administrator role, which is like the equivalent of domain admin, pretty much, um, <clears throat> should be... Uh, First of all, you should enable MFA, but you should enable something like a FIDO key, right? Instead of just basic MFA, you should not enable SMS for those accounts. Um, and you should have them behind uh, like a privileged identity manager tool, right? So so that a user would need to check, check the credential in and out um, versus just having open access to it, right? Or using it as a user account, which you don't want to do. Um, you should enable logging and you should centralize those logs. You can either use Microsoft's like internal, um, log analytics tool, or actually they have something called, um, Azure Sentinel, which is kind of like a, a cloud seam, or you can leverage Splunk or whatever seam tool. I think a lot of folks forget about logging or they just, get super overwhelmed, but you know, you don't have to go to five places wherever you're logging, sending your logs to now, you can send your cloud logs as well. Um, and then another big one that I think a lot of folks are not talking about is disabling legacy authentication and enforcing modern auth. Because if you don't have legacy authentication um, disabled, folks are not gonna get prompted to MFA, right? Um, which I'm noticing a lot of people are doing are not doing. And there are multiple reasons for that, right? A lot of legacy applications don't support uh, modern authentication or modern uh, protocols. So, you know, a lot of times we recommend customers either 
And I know this is like, it sounds, it sounds sometimes impossible to say, oh, like forget about your legacy application and like migrate over to a more modern application um, or modernize your legacy application. It's all work in progress, but it's something that is better to do now versus kicking the can down the road, or at least better to plan for it. You want to move off of applications that um, still leverage legacy auth or put them behind a proxy or something like Azure App Proxy um, so that you can, <clears throat> you know, you can leverage modern authentication um, and then using things like like uh, SSO. But what I will say is another thing you can do, a very quick win, is that you can contract Trimark to perform a Microsoft Cloud Security Assessment. And we basically, what we do is we take a look at your entire tenant configuration. So we dump all of your tenant security configuration details um, across Azure AD and M365. And we comb through all that configuration to ensure that you, know, you have the correct knobs and switches um, enabled or disabled because it's not, some things are disabled by default, some things are enabled by default, and sometimes it, things that are enabled by default can also be bad, right? So you want to make sure that you have the right things enabled versus disabled and vice versa. Um, and then we give you tailored recommendations for your specific environment. So that's, that's a super duper quick win uh, because you'll have one of us actually perform the assessment. So, um, and by the way, by the way, the good thing about having us perform the assessment is that someone like myself actually worked on them at the Microsoft um, on the Microsoft Identity team that owned Active Directory and Azure Active Directory. So I like to say that I know where the bodies are buried, but I can't give away all my secrets. That was the most perfect transition that I've ever heard in my entire broadcasting life. <laughs> And oh, look at that. There's a scroll right underneath all of your videos that tell you exactly where you can go to get more information on our MCSA and all of our other services, by the way, ESP, uh, ADSA, uh, and our visa, our virtual infrastructure, by the way, you guys can all go there and check that out. Um, so we got, oh my God, it's almost the hours almost up. I, I, I'm always worried when I do streams that like, oh, we're not gonna have anything to talk about or like, we'll just have awkward silence or, and it never ever happens. And it always goes faster than I think it's going to. But I wanna hit this one last question um, that's, uh, well, well, I have this one and then I have my own for all of my guests. Uh, why is it bad? This is comes from JS200X on Twitter. Uh, why is it bad that domain admins is a member of all machines local admin group connected to Active Directory and what mitigation steps would you take when building an AD or hardening an existing one? I can read that again because I kind of got lost in it. That's like saying, why is it that why is it bad if I have the master key to all the doors in a neighborhood in New York City? Right. Like anyway, I'll let one of the experts answer, but I like to think of it that way, like, you know. It's like having a master key to every door in a building or every door in a, so like, wouldn't that be bad? Kind of. Probably, yeah. I mean, I'm no AD expert like the rest of you, but I would say yes. Yeah, and, and uh, Active Directory adds uh, domain admins into the local administrators group uh, by default when you when you do a, a computer AD join. But um, I think one of the biggest things is it uh, kind of, 
you don't you don't want admins just logging into normal workstations. You want admins to to always access and do their administrative tasks from some kind of you know privileged workstation. Um, and if you have domain admins that are just you know, sitting around as your local administrator for all of your computers, that means that whenever you need to do an administrative task on that computer, you're, you're caching those domain admin creds uh, on that computer. And that, that I'll tell you, as someone who does a lot of purple teaming and, and threat modeling, like, we love that. Mimikatz makes it great. It's very simple to uh, dump credentials out of memory. And, uh, you know, essentially, that means I can pick just about any of the computers in your environment and probably get lucky. I end up talking about Mimi cats so often on literally all of my streams for some reason. I should just have a sound drop to have a cat meowing every time it comes up. <laughs> Daryl, you know what? Can I can I ask a follow up question to that? Can you talk a little bit about laps and how like, you know, folks could leverage laps um, to you know not not to get around but to kind of help secure those uh, having domain admin on local. Yeah, I mean that's actually the really the, the answer to the second part of his question is uh, you want you want some kind of local account password management. Microsoft supplies one known as uh, Laps, the local administrator password security. Um, and essentially, what it does is uh, it will set the password for uh, the local machines. It'll rotate the passwords out. Uh, no human being ever has to touch those passwords. Um, if you ever need to see what the password is because you need to log into that machine, you can go into Active Directory, assuming that you have the proper uh, the proper uh, permissions, and uh, you can see what the password is at that given time. So it's almost it's like what you were saying with PIM. You know, you're you're checking in and checking out those credentials, right? Um, your admins don't always need to be the local administrator. So Laps allows you to get the creds that you need in order to do the job, and then they'll rotate back out. So there's some other um, management solutions that are out there too, but I mean Laps. I mean it's it's built in, so why not, you know? So here, I'm going to pose this question to Jake. How about this? So Jake, as a small organization, why shouldn't domain admins just be the local admin on all workstations? I mean, if I have domain admin credentials, shouldn't I just use that to administer? Because I'm the help desk, I'm the desktop support, I'm the server admin. How do you handle that? That's a great question. For, forced hygiene is the way that I look at it. If my domain admin account can't log in to do administrative work, I'm going to use a different account. And that's basically what it boils down to. It's like uh, why you you know don't allow local users to log into a domain controller. You, you prevent it. So that way it never happens. Yeah. But it's so hard. I guess it's just... It's not really. It's, it's, not, it's really it's one, not. It's one extra step. <laughs> Remembering it's, a different username, uh, you know. It's, it's hard for your admins because you're asking your admins and many times to be the ones that enforce the change and they're the only ones that are impacted. So they'll just they'll just say, you know what, When I'll log into the endpoints and then I'll just reboot the endpoint. Yeah. Now, the uh, the the about the last two years at my last uh, gig um, was spent getting full separation between all of our tiers of accounts. And at a certain point, you just have to learn you're eating your own dog food. Just do it. It's, you, it's what you're expecting everyone else to do. Do it yourself. Yeah. What do you got there? Oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't have my dragon on, on stream the whole time and I felt really bad, so, so yeah. I put him. By the way, if you come and see us, we have a ton of these, and uh, we give them out. I, I gave them 
we were at another quick story that doesn't have anything to do with any of this. We were at uh, Blue Team Con, and um, I went down. I went to our table and I talked with all the guys, and then I went to go check into my room. And there was this lovely little girl. Her mom was checking in, and she was sitting uh, about 20 feet behind the mom on a couch, just kind of hanging out. She's getting kind of antsy. So I had a bunch of Trimark stickers, and I was like, hey, would you like some stickers? And I was like, non-threatening, giving kids stickers. And I gave her a bunch of stickers, and then she promptly started peeling them and putting them literally everywhere. <laughs> and, I, and then I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, and so I pulled out a dragon. I was like, play with this instead. And so... <laughs> While she was playing with this, I went to the front desk person and I got a some flyer or whatever they had for something. And I was like, this is where stickers go and you can help your dragon. But I so like I, I was like, don't worry, I fixed the problem I caused. Everybody, <laughs> we're we're fine now. Um, She's right. helping you out with marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, that's what I was. And then uh, and then I, I the rest of the time. The reason we ran out of these is because I had about 20 of them in, in my in my bag at all times where I would, like, hand them out all over the place, and I think they're great. So if you come see us, like, at Wildwoods Hacking Fest, you can get some of our cool plush dragons. Well, that plush, they're, like, um, they're like a foamy. They're kind of like those foam schmoo balls, but they're dragons, uh, which I maintain to see these flying at somebody up on stage would be much more entertaining than just a regular old ball or, you know, a potato like we do at PumpCon. Um, so cool. We got like two minutes left. Uh, I want to thank everybody. Like I could talk to you guys for hours, but we got to save something for the next live stream, um, which we're going to do another one. We're going to do something at Wild West Hacking Fest. We're going to do something. The fr so every Friday in October, we will be doing some form of live uh, stream, whether it's remotely from... Hacking Fest, or we, we do this again with some other people from Trimark, uh, maybe get some of our, oh, uh, on the 21st, Amanda Berlin and uh, Blue Mirror Security, we're doing a co-live stream with them, uh, talking about AD stuff and SIM stuff, which is going to be super cool, because I love having Amanda on. Um, and uh, real quick, I'm going to go round robin, like, real fast. Uh, just for anybody who's joining, maybe they're learning about this stuff for the first time, maybe they don't know a lot about it. Uh, Christina, I'll start with you. Where do you get your security news, whether it's in Security Awareness Month or not? Oh, everywhere. Um, do you have a favorite? I get a lot of newsletters. I, I don't remember them all off the top now. But I also get it primarily from Twitter and then also LinkedIn. I mean, at least like quick, you know, immediate news. Um, and then I go around and do my research. But yeah. And then I we also have like, Trimark internal stuff that we post in our teams. Um, so I get a lot of news from us as well, as far as, you know, especially our red teamer. I will mention no names um, as far as like, oh, what's I will. going on. I actually have a Google alert set up for Tyler's name. So whenever anything comes out about Tyler, I get it. I wasn't trying to put him on blast, but okay, since you said it, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and anytime anything happens with Tyler, uh, it comes right to my email. Him and uh, Grifter are the two ones I have alerts set up on. Um, cool. Thank you, Christina. Uh, Daryl. Uh, I agree with Christina. I mean, I get most of mine from Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, the, I go to a lot of conferences, so I've, I've made a lot of, uh, you know, acquaintances there. So I speak to a lot of people on Discord and that kind of a thing. And we're always just like, you know, just exchanging ideas and stuff and talking about what's happening. So. But like once, like I'm, I'm with Christina. You know, like once you hear, um, you know, kind of like the overview of what's happening right now, then you got to do your diligence and and do your research around it. Or just ask. Oh, and I, and I and I use TweetDeck. I, I really like TweetDeck. TweetDeck is yeah. really cool. Like 
I don't use it as much as I should, but I, I think it is super useful um, uh, to, to get to get all your stuff in. Um, yeah, I've got like the I've got like custom queries in there for specific words around like vulnerabilities and windows. And uh, as far as I know, it's one of the only ways that you can actually follow hashtags, too. So you can just have hashtag Active Directory and anytime anybody drops that hashtag, it pops up as well. Cool. Btech is awesome. It can get pretty noisy though, so yeah. 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 Um, Jake. Uh, obviously Twitter. I mean, I, I wouldn't have this job without Twitter. So, yeah. Uh, and then actually, I only subscribe to one uh security focused uh newsletter, and that's Zero Day by Kim Zetter. Um, and then I get a ton of stuff from y'all. I mean, really, this I just rely on everybody else you're you're my uh you're my aggregation <laughs> uh the wind your wings uh That's right brandon yeah i get it from uh jim and i follow a saint there's like a weekly or it might be daily i don't remember i delete them half the time but they're really quick and dirty just sans headlines so it's like ransomware attack or this is on vulnerability or whatever and then real quick, what I think is funny when Tyler ever mentions stuff, he's like, hey, here's a link. He's like, I've, I've seen this happening and I've known about it for two weeks now, but I can talk about it now. <laughs> that dude's a dangerous, dangerous man. Uh, mine is primarily, it really is Twitter. Like I've spent the past 10 years on Twitter. Uh, it, it does take some, it takes a lot of curation, not just some, a lot. Um, you know, get some of the noise out, follow the right people. Um, thick skin for listen the whole, uh, hacker infosec drama is 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 real but it makes it fun when there's a slow news day um so absolutely that i grew up again i keep saying grow up but i really do feel like i started a second life when i found like hackers right i, f I feel like i started a second lifetime when i found security and things like that because this is like where i'm most at home now so i grew up in security listening to security weekly um when it was paul.com right like before it was ever security weekly um and uh you know i i i, I grew up thinking that um oh what was the one chinese uh uh, uh vendor who i thought was it's the one Chinese hardware vendor that every that everybody makes fun of. Um, uh, that's always backdoored. Tyler, you know. Um, <clears throat> anyway, they're actually a, a big Chinese telecom company, and they're always backdoored. Anyway, um, I'll I'll figure that out and I'll tweet it out again. Um, but uh, so I immediately think Huawei, but they're not Chinese. Yes, Huawei. No, that's what it is. That's Huawei. Oh, Huawei. Oh, okay, because, that's what I think. Yes, of, I think of like. Phones that spy on you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just a punchline for Security Weekly for the longest time, and then one day, years later, I'm like, oh, they're actually a company. <laughs> I, I had no idea because I only ever heard them uh, talked about bad, badly uh, on 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 Security Weekly. Um, but yeah, Twitter obviously, Security Weekly podcast obviously. Um, um, oh, Darknet Diaries for not so much news but like historical if you want hacker history if you want tech history and really well done like research it's like hacking meets npr is how jack does it darknet diaries is an absolute must binge all of it it's i've jack's a friend of mine and um just, like just amazing so that's what i do but anyway we are it is a friday i'm gonna let everybody go 
uh, not do work <laughs> with what they were normally doing. Uh, I don't know, go play Tony Hawk or something. That's what I might do for over my lunch break. Um, for everybody else, thank you for joining. Like I said, we're going to do this every week in October, but then we're not stopping after that. We'll do this, uh, you know, at least once or twice a month, probably, whenever we think of stuff to do. Um, all of these episodes will be clipped on Twitch, but then uploaded in their entirety uh, to our YouTube channel. So you won't lose any of this, and we'll even tweet out like some of the best answers and things like that. So thank you for everybody in chat for joining. Thank you, Christina, Daryl, Jake, and Brandon. Uh, Lakeith in the chat, also one of our one of our guys. Um, uh, everybody is in there, and yeah, visit trymarksecurity.com. Check out our services; they're good stuff. Like, trust me, you're gonna enjoy what you see. And also check out all of our blog posts. We got three or four more coming this month alone. The white paper for uh, quick AD wins is up there. We got some password stuff coming up. Uh, we got really smart people here, so make it a favorite. Make this one of your sources. Uh, for your news, and we will see y'all in a little bit. <laughs>